Hey friends, welcome back to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. Today is a story time type of day. A new extraterrestrial collective popped into my bubble about five months ago and have been helping me really step into my soul's purpose this lifetime. It's not a story I've shared at all because it's very fresh and I'm still processing it. <laughs> but UFOs and UAPs have been a popular topic in the US lately, so I just thought I would share how much extraterrestrials can actually help us and what it's like to work with them. So here we go. Our story begins in late January of this year, 2021. Over a span of like two weeks or so, I was having some serious issues with anxiety. I felt like my body was completely heightened. Every emotion I felt, the emotions of those around me, the collective emotions, just everything affected me to my core. It felt like my body had a thick layer of static on top of it. It was so much more physical than I had ever before felt anxiety to be, and it was absolutely terrible. I was working with the Mantis a lot around that time. As a refresher, they are a highly advanced collective that looks like giant praying mantises that I briefly talked about in the ET episode. Anytime they would abduct me, visit very physically, or just be regularly sending me downloads, there would be a period of anxiety or heightened vibrations slash tingly feelings on my skin. So I assumed that this was a result of them, but this was far more severe and lasted way longer than their energy typically does. I had recently gone on some herbal supplements to help with my period because I get really severe cramps. So I talked to my doctor thinking perhaps it was the supplements causing some weird like hormonal imbalance. But she said that if anything, those specific herbs would actually help alleviate anxiety. So I didn't know what was going on and just tried to find ways to deal with it. That static energy continued to constantly crawl under my skin. It was so bad. So after two weeks of this, I was taking a shower and heard a knock on the bathroom door. My boyfriend was at work, but it was about the time he would usually get home, so I figured it was him. I told him to give me a second and then came out, assuming he needed to use the restroom. I didn't see him anywhere, so I assumed he was hiding to mess with me. I searched everywhere. <laughs> I couldn't find him, so I checked outside and noticed that his car wasn't even there. At that moment, my phone then went off with a text message from him saying that he was on his way home. It was a very audible, purposeful knock, so I was very confused, but I just assumed it was an energy being. When you're in a heightened anxious state, it's super easy to overlook the nuances and the energy around you. So I did a quick scan to make sure nothing fell off, like if a weird energy being quietly popped in or something and I had missed it, but everything felt fine. I placed a protective bubble around my home, so I just envisioned a golden sparkling light coming from my heart chakra, enveloping my body, and then pushing out and enveloping my space. And then I asked my guides to remove any heavy energy from me and my space, just to be sure, to have all the bases covered. That night, as I was getting ready for bed, brushing my teeth and all, <laughs> I heard a big bang on the bathroom door. This time, instead of it being a knock, it sounded like someone smacked it really hard with their palm or like face planted into it or something. I ran out to make sure everything was okay. 
My boyfriend and my cats had all been sleeping, and the sound woke all of them up, so I just came out to groggy eyes staring at me like, what the hell happened? He didn't know what was going on, so I took that situation as a definite confirmation that there was something there trying to get my attention. I tapped into the energy around me again and asked what was there and what it wanted. As a side note, to do this, I will basically scan the energy of my space almost like I have an internal radar that is checking for any energy signatures. Sometimes I'll put my hands in front of me and just kind of move in a circle just to see if I can feel anything because I usually feel a lot through my, through my palms. In doing the scan this time around, I felt the presence of a young girl come through. She was a ghost that had found her way in to seek some help passing over. This will happen sometimes where a presence just kind of drops into my home. I have a lot of protective barriers in place, so typically only high vibrational beings can come in. But once in a while, my guides will let something in when I am needed to help it or I'm supposed to deliver a message or something. Usually I can feel them pretty immediately. There's like a pretty apparent energy shift when they land in my space. It's like a growing, uncomfortable gut feeling that will come out of nowhere. Similar to what indigestion would feel like, but it's not coming from my intestines and my organs, if that makes sense. Anywho, so I'll feel that uncomfortability growing. I'll tune into it, tap into the being, ask it questions, get a feel of where it came from and stuff, and then help it pass on, deliver a message to someone or whatever else it needs. Since I was in such a heightened, anxious state at the time of this, happening. <laughs> I couldn't sense her energy when she had arrived. So to get my attention, she was banging on stuff like, hello, I'm here. Are you going to acknowledge me or what? <laughs> but because she had used so much of her energy to make such a physical thing like that, it was really hard for me to tell she was there because it made her energy super fine. She had big, thick, wavy brown hair that went to the middle of her back. She had very fair, pale skin. I couldn't really see her clothing. Her body was just a mass of white, cloudy energy, so she didn't have feet or anything. Her energy faded out about a foot and a half off the ground. Since I have Claire empathy, I thought maybe she had quietly snuck in weeks earlier, and this whole time I was blindly taking on her anxious energy, which is why I was feeling it so physically. It was like a combination of hers and mine. So I tried to pass her on. I told her that she was so loved and to follow the light. She was being incredibly resistant, so I started to send her some Reiki energy. She was still refusing to go, so I told her, I'm here to help you. Your guides and my guides are with you, supporting you through this process. I'm feeling very anxious right now, so I can't be very hands-on and involved, but you're in great hands. You've got a team with you right now. Release and go home. You are safe. She was still refusing to leave, so I got frustrated, and I told her, there's nothing more I can do right now. Your energy is making me incredibly anxious and I need to ask you to leave. My guides will be with you. You can come back later if you need, but for right now, I need you to move away from my space. This is a good lesson in boundaries. You got to take care of yourself first before trying to help other people or beings because otherwise you're going to be a hot mess. <laughs> so I released her out of my space, resealed my room, waited for the anxiety to go away. Of course, there was no change in it, so I called in the mantis for help because it was getting ridiculous and I was just way over it at that point. They told me that there was a new extraterrestrial collective that had been present around me that wanted to work with me. 
But before they made their presence fully known, they had to run some energy downloads in my body to help me kind of acclimate to their frequency, which is what that whole mess with anxiety and static was. For whatever reason, my energy did not fit well with theirs, and it just was highly uncomfortable feeling them around. As a side note, when it comes to connecting to the mantis or whoever when I have a question, I will put out a radio signal for them so I recall their energy, feel that sensation of their energy pushing out around me, which then tugs at our connection so that they know to come in and communicate. Once I feel their presence very full around me, it feels like a very matter-of-fact shift, like that energy is very tangible. I begin asking my questions and then we'll start our conversation. There are different mantis beings that will come through depending on what I need and who is available. So I don't call upon one in particular, but rather the group of beings that I have been working with. Just to make this more tangible for your own practice, it's the difference between thinking of a single friend and the sensations or feelings their specific energy gives you versus thinking about a group of friends you have and the sensations or feelings that collective group gives you. So anytime you're trying to talk to your guides or a group of beings, you don't have to call upon one in particular, but rather you can connect to the whole of that group. Anyway, once they told me about this other collective, I immediately felt the energy of a ship overhead. Then the mantis I was talking to and a guy from this new collective, which I learned was called Xenophyte, materialized in front of me. This new alien looked very similar to Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. He looked like a tree man. (laughs) He was very thin and tall, probably about six feet tall. His skin looked like bark, but it had primarily green on it rather than brown. It was literally like he was a walking tree stump, but there's a gap between his legs, and his legs are pretty thin. They do have fingers, but they don't have toes. Their feet kind of end at a bumpy stump, like how a tree would. Though their skin looks very similar to bark, it's actually very soft and kind of rubbery a little bit. They sort of have a neck. Their torso, like, thins out a bit before their head, but they don't have, like, a harsh rectangular shoulder structure like we do. Theirs is more of a downward angle. And then their head looks like it's made out of a hollow log. (laughs) They have two eyes. They have a flat nose structure. They have a mouth that is just basically like an opening to their face. They don't have lips or anything. They don't have bones like we do, so their arms and hands can kind of move all sorts of ways. Like they've got a bunch of different joints. But their legs are a bit stiff. Their legs don't have that same like rubbery consistency thing. As I was analyzing him, I realized that my surroundings were different. I looked down and saw that I had a gray suit on somehow. (laughs) The right side of the jacket overlapped, so there was a zipper on the left side, on the far left side of my chest. Um, And then I had these, like, very neutral gray pants on, like scrubs. But the material was a little thicker and a little softer. I don't believe I had shoes on. I was still, (laughs) still barefoot. It was very strange. From this point forward, I was not in the physical, nor was I in the energetic or like astral plane. It was this weird in-between. 
I was in my room, but also in their ship. It was like I had a dual vision situation going on where I was seeing two different realities at once. The Xenophyte guy walked me over to their main control room, which had two large, super wide screens. The one on the right had a satellite picture of Earth directly overhead my home, and the one on the left was more up close, where I could see the rooftops of my home and the neighboring ones. There was a gray silver chair kind of floating in the middle of the room facing the monitors, and then in front of that was this black control panel that basically looked like a floating countertop. To control the ship and monitors, they would move their hands and fingers in certain areas in specific ways, which I guess would move it somehow. I don't know. I don't know how it worked. That's all I could I could understand. <laughs> At this point, <laughs> this is embarrassing, but I was having digestional issues and I accidentally passed some gas. <laughs> which made things get a little weird. It was very loud and it smelled terrible. <laughs> they were startled by it, but I tried to cover it up by just continuing the conversation. <laughs> I asked what they were doing and they told me that they were here for guidance and support through the grand awakening of earth beings. And they asked me if I wanted to be the head of their unit for this mission. I was taken off guard because that is quite a mighty request. It seemed a little extreme. I didn't know who these guys were. I looked over to the mantis being for confirmation or just to kind of gauge what the situation was about. I trust them wholeheartedly, so I was, just wanted to know his opinion, basically. The mantis being smiled and nodded, so I took that as a go-ahead. So I accepted, and the xenophyte guy said, great. The second he said that, I had a quick flashback to my original lifetime coming to Earth. Just to give some background on this, in my Death and Reincarnation YouTube video, I talked about a download I received regarding the moment my soul decided to join Earth and begin reincarnating here. I was with a group of about four or five different aliens, one of which is actually a dear friend of mine in this lifetime that has worked with the Mantis since childhood. <laughs> Our souls came here for a specific mission, which entails helping raise and empower the collective frequency by helping people realize the power they hold within themselves. So we came here to more fully kind of be of assistance in that. In that lifetime, I was an extraterrestrial with bright fuchsia and purple skin. I had two little antennas, antennae, antennas, whatever the plural of that is. They were like the little knobs on top of a giraffe's head. I had a very flat and triangular shaped face. I was wearing an outfit that was very brightly colored. The colors were all very saturated. It was shades of sky blue, indigo, and purple and a little bit of pink, I believe. This is all information I had received previously. So, in this quick flashback that happened in the ship, it was almost like I was reliving a memory from that lifetime. I saw myself talking to a xenophyte being. They were part of my original mission, and we were basically just checking in and planning something out, and then the memory ended. It was really quick, literally like three seconds. I looked at the Xenophyte and I said, hey, I worked with you guys before. And he smiled and said, yes, your name was Zinnia. 
He told me that since I'm human and didn't have memory of our past, he had to reintroduce the offer to me because I have free will and he wanted me to really be on board with the mission rather than being forced to partake. This collective is probably one of the most empathetic collectives I have ever come across. I tend to really resonate with empathic ones because I'm very empathic, so it feels very familiar and very safe. But as I've mentioned in other episodes, extraterrestrials typically hold very few emotions, so many don't have the capacity to even feel empathy because they don't understand many emotions, you know? So these guys were very unique. Though I did not come from their collective, I worked with them for a long time. In that lifetime as Zinnia, I actually jumped around and was taken in by many different collectives. I'm not sure too much of the details because there are aspects I'm not yet supposed to remember, but the Xenophytes came into that life around a time I was still young and moldable. I would say similar to our teenage years, like around 16, I aged and developed very differently than humans do, so it's hard to compare, but that's just kind of a general idea. Because I had jumped around so much and was taken in by so many different collectives, I was a bit more knowledgeable about different ways of being and feeling than the collective I had originally come from was. Then the Xenophytes taught me more about emotions and such, which is why my nature has always focused on empathy and sensing the feelings and thoughts of the energy around me. Since this seemed like a important memory, an important moment, <laughs> I grabbed my notebook to write all of this down. Again, there was this strange dual reality going on, so while I was in my room writing, I was still also present in the ship in the midst of the aliens. It was, it was really strange. They essentially put me in a pocket of space that fused all the realities into one. Once I was done writing, our time had come to an end. They bid me farewell <laughs> and left, leaving my consciousness solely in my room. So that dual reality just slowly faded away, and that was that. For whatever reason, the process of acclimating to the Xenophyte energy was highly uncomfortable and took a bit of time. So this anxiety persisted for about another week or so, but I focused on running and movement to help release that excess energy. It was actually really cool because if I felt a wave of anxiety kind of come over me as I was running or whatever, I would open myself up to the Xenophytes to confirm it was coming from them. And then I would allow myself to basically become transparent so that whatever needed to pass could easily just slip away without me getting stuck in it or trying to overanalyze it or something. This usually resulted in a memory or emotion popping in that I would need to process, and then by the end of my run, the anxiety would be gone and I would feel calm. They were helping raise my frequency up to a fine state by literally, like, infusing my cells with a new vibration, but that was also causing deep-rooted things to kind of shake off and surface, you know, which was causing that, like, severe anxiety. It was, like, this weird imbalance and, like, detoxifying and purging of old energies and stuff. So throughout this week after I met them, but the energy was still kind of weird, they were visiting me almost every night. So my anxiety would heighten a bit before bed, but understanding that it was coming from them allowed me to kind of give into it a little bit better and actually get some sleep since I wasn't overanalyzing where it was coming from. Now that my body has fully acclimated to their frequencies and all the stuff they were putting in there, I don't feel 
anxious around them at all anymore. If they come in, they actually came to me the other night for a visit. I have very minimal reaction. I may feel anxious at first, but then it dissipates and I'm able to sleep very soundly. (laughs) When the xenophytes abduct me, they will typically split my astral body from my physical body while keeping me in a sleep state. They will help tune my body to keep raising that frequency so that I can tune into higher and higher frequency beings and just states of consciousness. They'll also usually ignite certain downloads to open up different memories or perspectives in me. They just help keep my energy systems in tip-top shape and just make sure that my body is operating at a frequency that best supports my environment, basically. However, I still need to do my own work and prioritize self-care, work through my own baggage, etc. I have to cultivate a proper medium for them to work through, so... I'm not just a vessel for them to do whatever. (laughs) It's a collaborative situation. (laughs) About a month after our initial meeting, I began having weird downloads and ideas come in, which I started questioning and exploring more. These were a bit complex, so I decided to do some automatic writing just to get a better grasp on them and have my questions answered. Typically, when one automatic writes, you're going to channel information from your higher self or your guides. This time, however, it didn't feel like either. This being was giving me some interesting information about the universe, which actually began the foundation for the Blueprint episode a few few episodes back. I didn't think to question who she was because I just tend to go with things that come, but I was telling a friend about all the information she was giving me, which was really fascinating and a little mind-blowing, and he began asking questions about her, which took things to a whole other level. This being was an extraterrestrial named Meridi. She closely resembles Roz from Monsters, Inc., the angry slug lady. (laughs) Meridi is literally a giant slug, about four and a half feet tall. She does not have the personality of Roz. She is wonderful. Whenever I see her, she'll have the same outfit on that I had worn while I was on the Xenophyte ship. I believe hers the first time I saw her was maroon, but the color of her outfit is usually different every time I connect with her. It seems she has an assortment of suits, (laughs) so color doesn't matter. She doesn't wear pants because she doesn't have the proper anatomy for bottoms, so it'll just be the little jacket. Meridi is the captain of the mission. She is very old, but her collective has really long lifespans, so she will be around for quite a bit more time. She is very knowledgeable about a ton of stuff. I will now go to her regularly anytime I'm stuck on something or need further clarification on literally any topic. She is fantastic. I don't necessarily work directly with her. I work most with the Xenophytes, who then report to her. But she has put herself in a position of support, which I greatly appreciate. So she's a person that I will commonly connect with or use to help get information or confirm things in my day-to-day and even in sessions when I'm doing a reading. Slugs on Earth, like our little insects, are very wise creatures, so it makes sense that an otherworldly one would be too. (laughs) It's kind of cool. It's a cool parallel. Anytime I call for Meridi, if I have a question or something, I'll usually see a full body image of her. Typically when I connect with extraterrestrials, I'll feel their energy, see a mental type image of them, 
or I'll see them like energetically in my space. But Meredith has some fancy technology that makes her a hologram or something that is like astrally sent over to me. So I'll have a very clear mental projection of her either standing there and talking to me or I'll see a portion of her that fits in a frame, like as if we were FaceTiming or something, like she's in a little square. There are so many airplanes flying overhead today. I don't know what is going on, but they are messing my audio up. <laughs> I keep having to pause. So if I call upon Meredy during a time that she can't really talk, I'll connect to her stream of consciousness and get the answers that way. So I won't see a visual with it, but we'll just hear her instead. She speaks to me very audibly. I'd say out of all the beings I have ever spoken to <laughs> over my lifetime, she is probably the clearest audible communicator I've ever dealt with, which is very cool. <laughs> As I said before, things are still very fresh in terms of understanding this mission and all it entails. This is just kind of a little glimmer into my day-to-day -day life, but this little beginning of this journey has brought some wonderful connections with such beautiful souls. It can be intimidating or nerve-wracking to think about connecting with aliens, but there are so many wonderful beings out there that are literally devoting their life to helping us. We are in a weird little system being here on Earth, <laughs> but we're also a planet made up of souls from all over the universe. We are children of Source, children of the universe, so connecting to beings from other planets not only builds a sense of oneness, but it also opens you up to different cultures, ways of being, etc. It builds your support team. Extraterrestrials can serve as valuable points of inspiration. A lot of our souls come from these various collectives, so befriending them can also be quite a healing experience just to understand why you operate a certain way, why you have certain habits and interests, or even why your soul is here in the first place. <laughs> There's something very beautiful and special about fostering those friendships. So I hope this little story helped you in some way. If you want to explore more about where you come from, who your star family is, and just find out if there are any extraterrestrials kind of working with you behind the scenes, you can visit my website channelwithamber.com to book a reading and we can get all into it. I'm always here to help. This can be quite a bizarre journey to go through by yourself, so don't hesitate to reach out. Have fun, my friends. Be safe out there. Thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Diary of a Psychic Medium with me, Amber Amrine. To learn more about what I do, visit channelwithamber.com. For future updates on the show, to give some feedback on future episodes, or to just connect, follow me on Instagram at channelwithamber. Shout out to Unicorn Heads for my theme song, A Mystical Experience. See you next time.